Challenging men to be great men. Welcome to the Great Man Podcast with your host, New York Times bestselling author, Stephen Mansfield. Gentlemen, let us begin. I want to talk to you about what's been happening recently in our headlines and what it has to do with manhood. As I sit here right now, just this past Saturday morning, there was a shooting at Tree of Life Synagogue in Pittsburgh. You've all heard about it. Eleven Jews were killed, and some idiot with a gun decided that he was going to stop terrible world events by killing some Jews. Uh, you know that the week before that, some other idiot had sent out flawed pipe bombs to about a dozen uh, people on the left side of the political spectrum, uh, from President Obama uh, down to local congresspeople and some actors. Uh, And you probably know that at the beginning of that week, uh, there was a horrible shooting at a mall in Kentucky. Now, this really is just the concentration of trends that have been going on for quite some time. Uh, This is not radically new, but I want to talk to you about manhood in these times. Now, of course, that's what I do every time in this podcast as I talk about manhood in these times. But I want to talk specifically about manhood in response to this crisis. The fact is that it is increasingly likely that you are going to find yourself in or near a crisis of some kind, meaning violence, uh, meaning murders, Uh, meaning mass shootings, meaning some kind of terrorist action, uh, some kind of crisis. And of course, we could add to that, you know, natural disasters and what have you. But the the increasing likelihood is that you are going to be near or in some kind of act or event of terroristic kinds of violence. Um, If you are a, a young man in particular, it's very likely in your life that you will be exposed to this. It can happen in schools. It can happen in malls. It can happen in restaurants. It can happen in bars. It can happen as it is increasingly happening uh, in churches and synagogues. So the reality is that we are all likely to be there. And what I want to talk to you about is what a man does in the face of this kind of thing. You see, women have their awesome role, and I'm thrilled for it, and I, and I, I would love to partner with somebody who would speak to women uh, in the way that I am. And I know there are folks out there. I very much esteem Beth Moore and other people who speak to women. Uh, powerful, powerful stuff. Um, but my point is, that I want to talk to you about what a man does in response to this. Let's leave the women to other leaders or to themselves for the moment. It's not my specialty. Let me talk about what a man does. Because one of the things a man does is he looks at what com- what's coming and he prepares himself. And how does he prepare himself? First of all, he makes fundamental decisions about what you might call first principles or about what he's going to do in the face of the crisis. I have made the fundamental decision that if there is a crisis, that if there is an act of violence, that I am going to go into it and try to bring it to an end or try to help. Now, that, 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 that's not Stephen you know, celebrating himself. Um, that's a decision I've made. Somebody else might say, you know, that's not me. I, I'm not going to do that. Uh, I'm going to wait and then I can help medically or I can wait and help financially or I can wait and help psychologically afterwards. That's good and that's valid. Well, um, I don't have that many gifts. <laughs> I only have a few gifts, gifts and one of them is uh, that I'm about almost 6'5 and I weigh about 250, 260, 270 on a bad day. And I am going to put my body in there because I can do more good than somebody half my size. That's just the bottom line. Uh, I'm not claiming to be some awesome athlete. I'm just saying in a crisis, 
um, partially because I, in some, in some states where I live, I'm often armed, uh, partially because I'm big. Um, but, and, and because this is mainly where I can do good, I can protect people physically. I can get in between them in harm's way. I've made that fundamental decision. So I, I want you to decide what you believe because you don't have time for a philosophical debate when the crisis comes. What do you believe and what are you willing to do? Uh, we are, many of us, and I believe it will happen for some of us listening to this podcast in relatively short order, we will be put in a situation where we have to decide how we're going to respond to an immediate pressing violent crisis. It's increasingly happening in our world. This is a little bit closer for me because I grew up in the military. I grew up behind the Iron Curtain. I've worked in the Middle East quite a bit. Um, I've never served in uniform. I'm certainly not claiming to be, you know, special forces or military, anything like that. I have no training like that, but I've simply grown up around crisis. I grew up hearing gunfire, uh, across the no man's zone in Berlin when I was a kid. Um, I've been in the middle East when I, when we've been caught between, um, in a firefight between two, two sides. Um, I, I was in, embedded with us troops in Iraq. I've just been a little bit nearer to it than most Americans. So I've already made those decisions. Um, if I'm in a situation where I am near an outbreak of violence of the kind we're talking about, the kind that's making the news today, I'm going to, without getting in the way of the police or when, however I can, go in and try to make a difference. It's the best way I can help. I'm not a doctor. I'm not police. I'm not a psychologist. I can't you know, rebuild the public school out of my own purse. Um, but, I, but I can go in there at that moment and try to protect as many people as I can with my big old oversized body. And that's what I'm going to do. So decide what you're willing to do. Know right up front. Okay? Number two is I want you to make yourself of value. If, if you're not the kind of person, if you just know I'm not going to go into that school, go into that mall, go hunting down the shooter or whatever, uh, I'm not going to be armed, I, I, I'm not that physically capable, uh, perhaps you're handicapped, perhaps you're a slight guy, whatever it is. I mean, it's, it's your own decision. Do something to be of value. I know men, I know a guy who is a truck driver, but went and got EMT training just so that when a crisis hit, he could help. In other words, he basically became able to provide basic medical care. So he's able to serve. And that's the main reason he did it. He said, I don't have a lot of other gifts. He's got a couple of physical problems, but, but if a crisis happens, I can help. I can do basic medical. That's, that's, that was noble. I know the guy who, who says I'm not good at any of this stuff, but I'll tell you what I am good at doing is making money. I'm going to lay some money aside. So when a crisis happens, a family's hurting, someone gets shot, something happens. We need to build a memorial. We need to rebuild a school. We need to rebuild lives. Um, people need counseling and therapy. I can pay for it. I know a guy who's actually laying that kind of money aside right now for that purpose alone. Uh, it goes on and on and on on. Now, I'm not claiming to be the big sheriff, but what I decided to do was I already knew I was physically bigger and I could maybe help in that way. So I went ahead and got a concealed carry permit. And often when I'm, I, I work in DC where you can't carry a gun, but I live in Virginia and uh, Nashville where I can. And so I often am, and it's not a big deal. And everybody in the world knows, cause I talk about it on my podcast and I've been interviewed about it on Hannity and I, yeah, I'll, I'll probably have a weapon on me. Am I doing that to show off? Am I doing that to feel like John Wayne? No, but because I think defense might need to happen and I practice and I go to the range with some guys and it's just one way I can help. I don't have medical training. 
Uh, I don't have millions to put into helping to rebuild a public school or, or pay for a lot of people to get counseling. You understand what I'm saying. Um, but I, but I do, this is a way that I can help to provide comfort, to go in and get in the way, uh, to go in and, 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 you know, until the first responders get there, you know, charge the guy, this is just what's going to happen. And it's not me being all hepped up by a John Wayne movie or something, not at all. So decide what you can do to help. First of all, as I've said, decide what you're going to do. I'm going to run into the roar. I'm going to go into the fight. I know I'm going to hang back and be ready to help. Uh, You know, decide what you're going to do. Decide it now so that when the moment comes, you're ready to respond. Number two, be of value in some way. Do something. Some people start facilities. Some people get good at weaponry and defense. Some people get medical training. Some people lay aside money. Uh, Some people train other people in how to do this kind of stuff. I know a lot of retired military who uh, do wonderful trainings in my communities and help people get better at self-defense and what to do and uh, what does it mean to shelter in place? All that kind of thing. Help women uh, resist attackers, all kinds of stuff. It's, It's wonderful. Uh, this is this is unbelievably important. The third thing I want you to do is I want you to train those around you. I want you to teach them. I'm not saying I want you to put M16s in everybody's hands. I just want you to look at your family, look at your kids, look at your friends, and have these conversations. What will happen if you're in a disaster? What are the, what's the language that you'll use? What do you want them to do? What do you do if, if somebody tries a home invasion? Uh, what do you do if your child, t- what, if you talk to your child about what should happen at their school if somebody shows up with a gun? Um, it's statistically not very likely to happen to any one American school child. And for those of you overseas, the statistics change quite a bit, but it does happen. And there are drills all the time and we ought to be talking about it. A man teaches his people. He teaches his tribe. He teaches his family. He learns what he needs to know. And he teaches people. You sit in church or synagogue or temple on, on a weekend, you are, you are a target. Uh, your kids in school target. I don't want you to be afraid. I don't want you to inspire fear in them, but fear is dissipated by having a plan and knowing what to do. What does it mean to shelter in place? What do you want your 17 year old boy to do in school? If, if the teachers are suddenly panicked and things are going on and they're, they're, they're sounding certain alarms, how do you want him to respond? What are you teaching him? What are you modeling him? What about your daughter? What about your daughter on a date where things go wrong? Have you spoken about these things? Have you talked about these things? You understand what I'm saying? The point is not to have an all purpose battle plan and have 72 guns on the wall and, you know, have cans of peanut butter in the back room. That's not primarily what I'm talking about. I'm primarily saying, what are you willing to do? How have you made yourself valuable? And what are you teaching those you're responsible for? You need, without being overblown, overdramatic, to teach those you're responsible for. And then ultimately, I think you know that ultimately, number four, I'm going to tell you, band together with other men. Band together with other men. You don't have to do this alone. There's a diversity of gifts. There's a, there, there are people with other gifts than yours. Uh, there are people who are different from you, who bring things to the table you don't have. How can you guys in your church, in your community, in your family, how can you band together? 
And I'm not, you know, the churches I go to, yeah, there are armed people protecting them. That's just the, the way it has to be today. But that's not necessarily what I'm recommending to you. I'm recommending that you find your way of serving. You find your way of banding together with other men. Provide the gifts that you have. Perhaps you're ex-military and you can provide the more military side of this thing. Or perhaps you work in the medical world. Or perhaps you work in the finance world. Or perhaps you work in the psychology and therapy world. Or perhaps you're a teacher. Or perhaps you're the technician who can put the cameras in and, and help people in that way. Band together. Build a band of brothers, obviously for a personal purpose. We talk about that all the time. But build a band of brothers for this broader purpose that is being pressed upon us in the world. We don't want fear. We don't want panic. Uh, we, but we also don't want to act like something that's been happening constantly in the last years to catch us off guard as though we've never thought about it again. These can be good, healthy family discussions, good, healthy family plans, good, healthy community talks, good, healthy things to do in your organization of faith or in your, in just in your personal friendships. So this is what men do. In fact, I think I've told you before that when they do aptitude tests, they find that women are superior in all ways to men. Men are, women are superior in all ways to men except for two. And the two ways in which men are often statistically superior to women is abstract thought and aggression. So men are meant to serve women, serve society, serve the world by being a bit more oriented towards abstract thought, a bit more oriented towards aggression. It means they can envision things long term and enact a plan. Now, many women can do that as well. You should meet my executive assistant, Karen Montgomery, and meet my wife if you want to see people who can, who can envision a plan and execute it. But the point, nevertheless, is that statistically now, I'm just talking about the normal aptitude tests. Men are superior in these areas. Well, we need to serve others with those gifts. So don't sit back passively and just hope it doesn't happen. Think it through. Decide what you'll do. Be of value. Teach those around you. Band with other men. And ultimately, of course, you know that I'm going to say this because this is who I am. Trust God. That doesn't mean don't plan, but it means trust God. Ask God to protect. Ask God to shut it down. Ask God to expose. Ask God to give wisdom uh, to police and law enforcement. Ask God to expose networks. But be ready. That's what it means. And that's how we'll live more safely and fulfill our roles as great men. To join the Great Man community or to book Stephen to speak at your men's event, go to greatman.tv. You'll learn about Stephen Mansfield's two essential books for men, Mansfield's Book of Manly Men and Building Your Band of Brothers, as well as some other great resources for becoming a great man. The Great Man Podcast is a Mansfield Group production.